This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We watched The Identical, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. <laughs> Do you think you can make God laugh? No. You're a clown if you say. Hey. I'm a Christian wife. <laughs> Sicario. I'm a Christian wife. White women are notoriously shifty. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Clean up on aisle, but. GSTQ. We're pro LGBTQ and pro GSTQ. Welcome to Good Christian that? Fun. That's God Save the Queen. Why are you playing that though? Well, maybe it's a little nod to our guest today. Oh. <laughs> I'm Caroline. <Hi. laughs> I'm, I'm Kevin. I didn't even say I'm Kevin. You just hopped in. <laughs> Welcome to GCF. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have good Christian fun. Good Christian fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, movies, music, entertainment, things of that nature, made for, made by Christians. Faith-based entertainment for faithful people, which I'm sure Emphasis is- Emphasis on the entertainment as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very much so that underline the entertainment three times, highlighted- Very Number one. In your unruled- <laughs> notebook but we're not here to make fun of your beliefs we're not here to make you go to church either we're just here to have fun we're just here to rock and roll honey oh we're here to get down <laughs> oh, oh boy <laughs> caroline it is it we are smack dab in the middle of october and it is mm, fall you feeling Chris, it you feeling it's, it it's there's a chill somewhere not here but somewhere and you know, I'm getting cozy. I'm lighting candles. I'm carving a gourd or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I wonder if anyone's ever carved pumpkins to look like Bob and Larry. Well, that would be kind listeners, of start you your know, engine. And kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find a long one and then a stout one, too. I think that would be so cute. Yeah. there's How could you possibly do it? There's no way. You'd have to yeah. spend hours at the... How are you celebrating fall, Kevin? Uh, by Ooh, debuting boy. my my Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man 3 haircut, <laughs> I think. Finally, the world is ready for it. Oof. I'm celebrating it by celebrating the Lord and celebrating my my fellow friends and countrymen and uh, celebrating you, Caroline, as well, uh-huh, uh, and celebrating you. myself because it's my birthday month. Uh, in I heard in, you're getting rededicated to the church for your y- birthday. This I'm getting year. rebaptized. No mass. <laughs> uh, lack of social distancing. <laughs> no water. No water. Just vibes. <laughs> yeah, oh, bad vibes. And yes. Um. So yes, I'm I'm looking forward to all those things, but. You know what? 
the cozy season is here. I'm looking for new soundtracks. I'm looking for new music. I'm looking for maybe something like freaking Drexel Hemsley. The, <laughs> the king I- of rock? <laughs> sure. I guess it's rock. Uh, in the identical, the identical 2014 Ray Liotta, Ashley Judd, Joey Pants. Pantaleano for sure. Seth Green. Seth Green. The Chris Griffin himself. Seth Green. Unbelievable. But it's a movie. And we need someone who knows a thing or two about movies to talk about it with us. So we need to introduce our very special guest. Oh, shit. Oh, he's dancing around with the inch already. (laughs) Friends and folks, you may know him from The Atlantic or his own wonderful podcast, Blank Check. Give it the hell up for... David Sam! <laughs> Man, we really should do something like this on my show. This is this is. Oh, so do, do you feel encouraged to, to be here? Do you feel welcome? Of course, <laughs> of course. I know this is. You know what? Can, can I? Can I be truthful? I feel like. Uh, I feel like I kind of ripped this up. There, there was a podcast. I think maybe it exists in some fashion still, but there was a podcast back in the day called Who Charted, and Kula Vilaisak. When oh, yeah, yeah well, I remember when who she charted. was hosting, she was always really good about timing the guest name intro with the music, and it was always different music every time. So I feel like I kind of I kind of cribbed that from them for a lot of podcast intro stuff. But yeah, it usually works. It usually makes people feel good and at home. Hmm, just like Elvis stealing from another to create your own more. Kulov was my big mama Thornton, and I'm the one the <laughs> It was your Otis Blackwell. I'm the white guy that's like, hey, I did it. Uh, David, thanks so much for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a Sabbath night recording. It's Sunday. We're doing that's coast true. to coast today. It's wonderful. Oh, I will say, oh, here's a fun anecdote. Here's a fun anecdote. I went to a coffee place I don't usually go to this morning. And I, I got a, a little something, something. And when the guy gave me my drink, he said, are you Kevin Porter? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, oh, I listened to the podcast. And I said, oh, that's oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, yeah. And I loved you on Blank Check specifically. Hey. Wow. And I said, guess what, buddy? I was listening to Blank Check on the way here this morning. He's like, yeah, the Doughboys are on. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. And wow. he's like, that will be $7. <laughs> he said, you have the to line pay. Along. Yeah, this is, not, <laughs> this is not the transaction. You've made a mistake if you think Speed it is. Speed it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I, was, I had the pleasure of guessing on Blank Check a couple months ago mm-hmm. with Griffin mm-hmm. and David. We talked about the- Great up. Yeah, uh, I had a great time on it. Uh, I feel like I was a bit of a stinker on it, but I- uh, it's great. I, we watched the movie Michael, which is a movie in which John Travolta plays an angel. So in prepping- Oh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. In prepping for that movie, I watched it with my friend, our friend Chelsea. And of course, we had the reaction we had to it. And then I said, Chelsea, do you want to watch Angels in America with me? And I, she said, no, not really. And I said, why? She said, it looks like it's going to be like Michael again. <laughs> <laughs> so she just heard Angel and she was like, I'm not, I can't do it done again. With I'm, Kevin I'm his, done. His angel she's, movies. She's just anything where a, a, right, a, a famous actor has feathered wings. She's just out. <laughs> Fully, yeah. So that leaves out a lot of, you know, no dogma for her. No mm. City of a- Wait, is Cage uh, winged up in City of Angels ever? Um, that's a great question. Do you actually see him with wings? Mm. 
I know. Uh, it's like I've never. It's the heavenly equivalent of like, do they do full frontal essentially? <laughs> what? Look, I'm Googling. I've never seen the film City of Angels. I'm not seeing any wings. Hmm. They might not be doing. They might be going more esoteric because there's a lot of him doing like, yeah. you know, holding <laughs> his hands out. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I'm not seeing a wing. Uh, the, the, the only other wing man I can think of that comes to mind immediately is Channing Tatum and Jupiter Ascending. Is that a wing? Sure. Man? Yeah. Yeah. Oh and gosh. you've got, yes. you've got, oh, you know, and like Angel uh, in that X-Men movie. Right. You've got the, the various iterations of Angel, right. In, in all the X-Men. Ben Foster. Was he Angel? Angels he was in Angel, the Outfield. Yes. yes. You have all the angels in the outfield. All those guys. Great guys. But, yeah, bases are loaded with angels. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jupiter uh, Ascending yeah. is a movie in which the final line is, I could get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> she could. And she did, presumably. And we'll never know. We assume. The film today reminds me a lot of Jupiter Ascending. Oh, gracious. Yeah, in, in a mm-hmm. multitude of ways. But David, thanks so much for joining us on the show. What's your background with his with religion, with faith with things of that nature um well i am jewish uh my mother is jewish uh my dad was not jewish had i suppose he was he he had nothing he had no religion he i suppose he was i don't think he was even raised christian he was from england uh thank you for playing god save the queen by the way that's why yes uh, oh yes, there exactly. it is okay i don't want to belabor um, the point but no, but i wanted to hit on it yes so, um, you know, I was raised by like, um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't really any faith, but there was, there was just a lot of effort being made to at least sort of give me a little crash course. Like, you know, we'd go to synagogue for the high holidays. We'd like, you know, we, we, we have a Seder, we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, you know, like we sort of like do the major things. We try and check some boxes it never got to, I probably would have been bar mitzvah except we moved to England and then that kind of just threw everything out of whack. Like there was just no more effort made to sort of like, I don't know, give me any kind of religious education. So it was really mostly cultural. If that's, mm. if that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's sort of David's story. I, 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 I think about it. I feel like I would have been, the way I am about my Judaism, no matter what, because I'm just, if you're, you know, with my family, they like to argue and there's a lot of, you know, back and forth at the dinner table. And like, I feel like this is all ingrained anyway, but I do appreciate that I've at least sort of skimmed the surface of, you know, like the, the real shit. Can I say shit? I'm sorry. No, you absolutely can't. We have to end this okay, podcast so now. Sorry. Bye. Um, yeah, when you say skimming the real stuff, as I call it, you don't have to call it that, mm-hmm. but I call it that. Uh, how do you mean? Like in terms of the the like core content of the Jewish faith? The the core content, the actual you know services, the 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 sort of the nitty gritty, the things you're going to actually have to do if you want to you know if you want to really uh, sign up for this stuff. Like you know, there's there's, I, I feel like I have a lot of Jewish friends who maybe have never set foot in a synagogue or almost never. Like I, we used to, you know, we used to go every, I really have gone to high holiday services every year until the last couple of years. I, we were still hanging on for Rosh Hashanah because we'd found this place in Brooklyn that was did a very one come one come all service. 
and had like a fun young rabbi oh, who yeah. like was from Milwaukee, <laughs> but he would come into town for the high holidays and he was always just kind of like, he was just kind of a blast. And then I, whatever, he cycled out and they cycled someone else in who was like a dual rabbi cantor and was kind of just handling everything. Wait, can you explain to us the differences between those roles? Well, so the rabbi is kind of like, you know, he's he's the boss. He's leading you in prayer and he's telling you where to go and he's giving the sermon and all that. And the cantor usually is, that's kind of like your band leader. Like they're, they're singing and they're they're sort of setting the tone for all the songs and like they may be leading a choir or something right. like that. Tough to do it all, and I mean, it can yeah. be done. So he was both Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks, is what you're saying? Exactly, and okay. it was just kind of—I don't know if it was a budget move or if it was just like this person just really wanted, like, really liked <laughs> doing it all. Like, I don't know what the, but it kind of just there just came a year where we were like, oh well, I don't know, we didn't like that guy, and like that and was something it. about that was like. Not you know what we're out but on this, but I mean, like we were holding on by a thread. Like this is uh, we <laughs> yeah. are not going to a lot of certain. We still like you know we still celebrate these things at home. I can do basic blessings in Hebrew, but I never I never really took the plunge any further. Maybe if I'd been bar mitzvahed, you know that kind of. Then you gotta like go to school for a year, or whatever. you know you gotta go to right. Sundays. You know you gotta like make a little more of an effort. Then maybe right. that would have like gotten me a little more invested for the next few years but and it didn't happen okay this is might sound like a leading question but Please. you can say no but do you did have you, any you ever... regrets <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you um do you remember like at any of those high services you were like Oh my gosh, like I need to go come to synagogue more. Like I am sold out or like I'm inspired to be a little bit more like religious than I am now. Or were they always like, that was nice, thank you. And now I remember what I was missing and I'm gonna go back to the way it was before. You know, yeah, I'm trying to think like if they because the answer I think is probably no. Like I don't think there was ever any moment where I was like, I am really vibing with this. Like yeah. And then like pulled my mom's like coat and was like, can we go back next? You know, like, I don't think I ever, but like, cause I do, I have a lot of memories of like zoning out, picking up the Torah and just reading it because like it's there in front of you. Like, it's like, you know, yeah, like girl, the shampoo we've, been, we've all been right. there. We've all yeah. done that. Right. Like, you know, you're just sort of like, well, let me just, and I've always enjoyed reading the Bible and religious literature and all that. Like, you know, I've that, like, there, I, I, I love all the, storytelling side of it but oh god you know I, there was there was such disdain in my family for like devoutness or whatever not disdain maybe that's too strong but basically like there was just none of that like it was always made so clear to me like look you know we do this because like it's what you do you know like yes. there wasn't like are you listening like are you like you know are you picking up what they're putting you know like if I would yeah. like ask my mom tomorrow, like, you know, let's talk about the story of Rebecca. She'd be like, what? what you, I don't know the story of Rebecca. What are you talking about? Like, she just was raised by Jewish immigrants, you know, who had come over like and fled, you know, bad things. And and so they were just very much a thing of like, well, you're Jewish and you're going to, you know, you're going to do all this stuff. We're going to keep it going. Right. And And so like 
that's just kind of echoing just like less and less generation to generation. I, I, I genuinely wonder, uh, with like my kids, what I'll do. It's, it's sort of a, an ongoing quantity. They're going to be sold out, bought in. Sold out. No one says sold out for the Jewish faith. That's totally an evangelical thing. Sold out. What's that expression? Why why sold out? Explain, explain. Yeah, so evangelicals, uh, yeah. And and this is more of like a youth group thing, more so than in adult church. But uh, oftentimes the way it would be communicated, it it would be in terms of commitment. It would be in terms of of buy-in and investment is, you know, we got to be out there. We got to be on fire for the Lord. We got to be sold out for Christ. And like, and and, and I I have to imagine that that comes from 90s vernacular and culturally, even the conversation about selling out versus not selling out. That was so, you know, like musicians and in the music and it's like, it has to come from. Oh, I never, that's so weird. I never ever made a comparison of like being a sellout. It's like, yeah, I am a sellout. But for G.O.D. Like, I, it was a totally different like entry in the Webster's dictionary in my mind, like (laughs) selling out for Jesus. That's so funny. But yeah, probably. But yeah, so it's sort of like, it's like you sold out a show. Like the seats are all filled. It's more like, of like you have sold all, I bet it's actually more this. Like you have sold all of your position possessions in this position. world. You have like, you huh. have like put behind you all your, your desire for fame and money and sex. And now you are just like full time working for the kingdom of God. Right. And like okay. you is are he, not he, embarrassed and you are like almost um, yeah, you're like too much. You're you're so so aggressively into God. I think this is something with the Jewish faith and I don't mean to generalize because of course there's exceptions to everything, but like there's no enthusiasm like that I feel like is frowned upon or whatever. It's uncool like within serve, you know what I mean? Like if anyone was ever like you know, kind of trying to rouse you up or sort of like get you like kind of going spiritually, everyone would, I think, just be baffled. They'd be like, what? like, you know, because like every sermon I remember is always just kind of like, you know, look at the end of the day. God's God, God said we should do this. And, you know, it's, it's tough, but like we got to <laughs> think about it. You know, like it was never like, and you know, and that's why, you know, like it was always like this sort of reckoning with like, how do we think about like, the communications here in the Bible, like, you know, how do we think about the way God talks to Abraham? You know, like, you know, and like, I, I, maybe I would have been more like hooked, especially as a young person, if there had been a little more like, look, there was a convention sellout. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that's the difference between like the, the core of the, like, I guess American versions of both of these faiths is like Mm. Christians are very concerned with expanding the empire and like gaining converts and like, gaining notoriety and like all that stuff whereas i feel like maybe the jewish community is just like maintaining you know what you have yeah, they don't and like they don't really proselytize and it's right. and, you know right and like you know like so i would go to my like reform ceremonies that you know my reform services that were like more in english and more accessible and like it could you know someone like me could handle but then occasionally like you'd go to someone's bar mitzvah and they were at a more serious Orthodox synagogue. And you'd just be like, and especially like if if it was divided by sex, which they often are, you're just plopped with like five old guys in some row and they're just doing their thing. Like they don't talk to you and they like, you know, they're just sort of like automatic, you know, like, okay, now we do this, now we sort of turn this way. Like, and you're just kind of like, 
alien. It was alienating, like not in a terrible way, but definitely in a way where I'm like, I mean, I'm never gonna pick this. Like you know, this this uh, this is like alien to me, hmm. and. And, you know, not not the feeling of like, oh, I'm with my people, like what a community we all are, like very, very odd experiences going to like random bar mitzvahs sometimes. Now, imagine if one of those rabbis was Meryl in drag. Now, would that have changed anything for you? You don't live in That scene makes me cry so much, even though it's so like... It's also, it's such a good intro to Angels in America, the the TV version, like where oh, yeah. it's like, this is what the vibe's going to be. Meryl's going to be doing stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, like camp, basically. <laughs> right. But also like, and she's like, oh, what is, I, you know, and I'm like, but at the same time, like she's like, just stands up and talks about the Jewish people and they came here and you're just like, yeah, you know, like yeah. it's such a, uh, it's very moving. So it does opening. sound like there's some like story. emotional component for you, even if like the Jewish faith in like the way you yes. uh, like Hugely. were in it in in your childhood was not a, like an emotion driven thing. It feels like maybe that's something you came to in your adult life. No, it, it's 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 just all tied up in family. You know, it's all tied up in like the, my the my grandmother and and her mother and like all the stories you're sort of imparted uh, like when you're a kid and like of of coming over on the boats and you know escaping the sh- the shuttle and all that like it it's it and like food and and like something like passover which is a holiday i still like value and enjoy like probably my favorite holiday i mean it's similar to thanksgiving so it's sort of like tied for the good but those are similar experiences for me which are like gathering with the family having this sort of ritualized meal like all that i can fully vibe with like ritualized meals like were i to found a religion which i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna do like ritualized meals would be like very crucial to me like you know i'd be way less interested in like personal interaction or like whatever like solving your problems i would just be like we need it's (laughs) it's all gonna be around the dinner table like it's all gonna start there (laughs) we all come to the red table we fill it up with some food we have all an assortment and that's yeah and that's ministry like it isn't so ritualized meals would be david's Mm -hmm. version of keith raniere's volleyball uh, in that you know the literature i probably read a lot of books like you know you know all that stuff it's it's just it's it feels so hacky, but it is. It's like it's all cultural. No, but I think it's magnificent. It was drilled into me. Yeah, yeah. it's not hacky. Why is that hacky? <laughs> well, to call yourself a cultural Jew, I just sometimes I roll my eyes when I'm saying it about myself. I'm like, you know, I'm culturally Jewish. You know, like, but uh, but how better to describe it? I guess. I don't yeah, know. that feels accurate. It's a great culture. I mean, do you have like further feelings about like how do how do you feel like that time in your childhood with it, and even now, and the way it exists culturally? affects what you think or how you think about the idea of God? It's a great question. I love the idea of God. I love to think, I mean, some like so much of my favorite filmmaking and my favorite, you know, cause like movies and, and literature are always often, you know, right. So concerned with like, where did we come from? Like, why are we here? Like who, who made us? Why were we made all, all that kind of stuff? It's so crucial in like sci-fi and like genres like that, that I love, like anything about robots, like anything about robots is about God. Like, so I feel like I have always enjoyed and I enjoy the Jewish God who is, 
inscrutable and strange and sometimes angry and like difficult to reckon with. You know, like I enjoy that kind of like distant. The God of a serious man, essentially. Right. I mean, a serious man is like, that is like one of the most profound works of Jewish cinema in history. I mean, like I have never seen my mother. I saw that movie. I saw that movie earlier. I them the story I'm about to tell. This is some Thanksgiving. My my whole family gets together for Thanksgiving, and like we all go to the theater, and we like split apart to see various right. Like we 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 can't all decide on one movie, so we like go into factions, right? And I I remember I saw Precious, based on the novel Pushed Push by, by Sapphire. Sapphire. Oh, of course, yes. Um, with like my cousins, because we were like, oh, this is like the hot serious movie. Like we should go yes. see this, right? <laughs> Yeah, total romp. And then my aunt and her and her daughter, they like they went to see an education, if you remember, the uh Carrie Mulligan yeah, British yeah, yeah, yeah. coming of age drama, right? And my mom and her brother, my uncle, went to see a serious man. And I, and they, she was like, "Am I going to like this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think you will." Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. And I'll never like we were all waiting for them to come out and like they came out at the end and they were just still like in hysterics. At the line, if you remember, there's the whole sequence in A Serious Man where the rabbi tells the story about the dentist and there's like uh, Hebrew symbols printed on the teeth of a goy, like, and he's like looking at these symbols and he doesn't know what to make of it. Do, do, do you remember this whole sequence yeah, in Serious yes, Man? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And I didn't see the, it, so keep describing it in detail. It's, it's like this rabbi is trying to import like a, a sort of like parable sort of to the main character, you know, main character has all the spiritual crisis going and the rabbi's like, let me tell you a story. There was this uh, dentist and he, every time this goy would come in, he'd look at his teeth and there was like these Hebrew letters written on the back of his teeth. And what did it mean? And the story goes on and on. And the answer to the story, of course, is that who knows, like, who knows? Like the, there's no answer to the story. <laughs> the rabbi's just kind of, and then the Michael Stuhlberg's like, but what about the goy? And the rabbi's like the goy, I don't know who cares about the goy. And my mother was just screaming, laughing to her brother, saying, like, we never cared about the goys. They totally nailed it. Like, that was exactly right. I've never seen her so happy walking out of a movie. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I wish I shared that memory. That is so funny. Yeah, we don't care about the goys. We we didn't care about the goys. Because that movie, my mother grew up in upstate New York. That movie's set in Minnesota. But it's that similar sort of like the little Jewish enclave within like a sort of suburban or, you know, like sort of cookie cutter, leave it to beaver community. And like, that's what she was. And that's what that movie is. Whereas, uh, us Christians cared about the chosen people too much by comparison. It feels like in terms of evangelism and the way we are. Well, you know, uh, the identical has a touch of that. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I kind of took me by surprise. You know, we'll talk about this, but I think this is actually a Jewish film and not a Christian film. (laughs) I can't wait to hear the take. I think that might be accurate. I, I, I was sort of like hoping maybe someone could inform me like, What's going on here? Oh my like, god! Yes. Yeah, we've got a. We'll we'll talk about it. Much to okay. discuss. Yeah, sorry, I'm gonna sorry. help you out. Yeah. Well, let's let's wrap up this segment. With just just asking the the million dollar question: Who? What is God to you now? What is God today for you on a day to day level? It sounds like it's something you think about, and there's almost like 
yeah, it's it's a it's a thematic that in filmmaking yeah. is so interesting to you. I guess it's like per, you know, like the question of purpose, right? Like that's sort of what I think about, even though I'm not a particularly religious person at all. Like, just sort of the why are we here? Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Thought and that, like that, I feel like that is what. I am often mulling in times of great excitement or great despair. Like, and that's probably the closest I can come, like, you know, like sort of like reminding myself that there can be a purpose to one's existence is probably the closest I come to thinking about God, except for God as like a literary character who I very much enjoy. But that's sort of a separate question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But does that make sense or is that like total nonsense? No, we accept it. Yes, it is an acceptable answer. But yes, of course, it's like something... Uh, it's almost like something you you can hold in background in your brain, and then it, it's something that resurfaces in intense l- times of emotion, like you, like you described. But, yes, but 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 yes. for the most part, like that's that's how it functions for most people. Or like you said yourself, the idea of children one day and how you might parent them, mm-hmm. but like that that's always when it becomes a little more relevant to your day to day because it's like, oh, I have to make a decision about this right, at some choices. point. So let's think about mm-hmm. this now. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. I mean, right, because like I feel like my favorite like visualization of God is in movies like Prometheus, which is a movie I love, a movie that most people don't love in which like a character wants to meet our makers and he does. And it's like a big dude. And the guy's like, why did you make us? And he's like, just throws him against the wall and there's no further conversation. And the answer right. is like, I don't know. Like, cause we did, but like, I like the, then, you know, like just then grappling with like, look where we're here and there's, there's purpose to that. And like, you know, like th- those are the sort of questions I ask of myself. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't matter so much about a deity as much as just like what we make of it now that we have we're here. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It matters that we're here, but it doesn't matter whether or not it's Santa Claus that that made it so. Yes. This is, I don't know. It's interesting. It's something I love talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest. Are you on yeah. your bed, Caroline? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I couldn't tell I've if that was a bed. bed here. Or a nice sofa with like I couldn't I couldn't quite tell. You always sit on your bed? For public reasons, it's a sofa. Okay. (laughs) Well, David, thanks so much for sharing all that background and your story and faith. From, uh, yes, a cultural Jew who should not be ashamed of calling himself such. Oh, that's what I am. There's nothing else I can do about it. That's exactly what you would say. (laughs) (laughs) What else would I do about it? (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to... Dive into the topic. <laughs> okay, and by the way, before we get into this, David, uh, just as far as Christian pop culture in general goes, I'm I'm wondering what your exposure is to it. I assume you might have just like the most nominal knowledge about faith-based movies and entertainment and financially the influence they've had in the last couple decades. Yeah, very nominal. I mean, like as a film critic, like I'm always aware of these movies because they do often sort of get floated into my inboxes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they don't, they don't, they don't particularly care. I feel like about courting the press and getting good reviews or anything like, you know, like they're not going to play the sort of usual film media game, but like movies like that, like this sort of brand of movie, this sort of like fairly glossy, not explicitly faithy movie, you know, like movie that has a lot of sepia and golden hue and like it has actors in it who are famous, but are maybe not at their, the height of their fame. Like there's something about, you can always kind of sniff it out. You're like, Oh, is this like a Christian movie? Is that what's going like, you know, like you, you'll sort of like look and realize like, like what's exactly going on. But like, I'm always intrigued by them and I rarely get to watch them just because I don't have the time. Like I, it's just tough to sort of, keep up with all these things Mm -hmm. but i'm always intrigued by any of them that break through in like a major way that like will actually make a lot of money like or whatever you know like that will have sort of like Mm. whatever the kind of word of mouth i feel like they're often looking for which and then there's like the god's not dead type movies which i know are sort of cousins but like they right where like they are they're more like aggressively i feel like you know, pitching yeah, themselves. Yeah, they are playing a different game. They are cinematic sure. chick tracks. Where yeah, the- they're right. like, this is for youth group vans, like pulling up to the theater versus see, like I'm- an inspirational film, maybe like this. Where right. Like, maybe someone who's not religious would still enjoy seeing uh, this because they just like pe- seeing people do the right thing. <laughs> that's what it, like, it's one of those, it's like a trailer where you're like, oh, it's about like a fireman and you're like watching it and you're like, 
Oh, oh fireman huh, is like, always yeah. Right, like is it what like what, why isn't anyone like super famous in this? Like, what is this? And then and then there's just something that clicks for you. Like, I guess it must be like a faith movie because I don't I don't really get why else this thing would exist because that's the other thing about them they occupy this kind of pg slot like that just doesn't get filled anymore by major studios right like Mm. you know they're either making like super super family kid centric type movies or they're making like pg you know they're making movies that have a little more spice to them like there's just not a lot of for the whole family type you know dramas gentle romances like those you know like getting made by the big studios anymore unless it's yeah. joy on disney plus or whatever like yeah it all gets oh, yeah. kind of dumped to that now but or it gets all on like the hallmark channel but but faith-based right. stuff can still do theatrical because they can they can bust them they can bust them from they the can church. get them in right yeah. i mean this thing was a bomb it looks like but oh yeah once in a while you'll get something that kind of makes like a small fortune like i can only imagine or the stat i love quoting which is i still believe the jeremy camp biopic jeremy camp's like a christian worship. I, I, I'm, I am aware of i still believe end of jeremy camp yes. yes and he and and it was the number one movie in the country the weekend before lockdown for most major right. cities and Which, then like you always have those questions of like so that one had Archie right that, that was one KJ had Archie yes. Yeah. yes and it had Britt Robertson and Britt Brit Robertson not Britt Marling oh excuse oh, me excuse, no I appreciate um, that thank you but that's <laughs> my girl, the thing not my girl boss <laughs> like and then so I started thinking like oh does Britt Robertson is she in this because she is like you know like want is is she is she a christian like have i not am i not aware of this or is it just like she it's just like a pretty good role and like yeah it's weird because sometimes that is the case like like a dennis quaid and i can only imagine did kind of like come out as a christian to some degree i think that's pr i think that's and then jennifer garner also is like pretty publicly christian she's not aggressive about it but she's like She's caught paparazzi going just... to church all the time, Kevin. She's still going to church. So like I, I don't think... buy it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there is like there is some of them where it's like, yeah, maybe it's a like revamp to their image, or it is like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to do one. Well, of these Quaid is full disgust though. So maybe he is a Christian. I don't know. Like he's Yeah, know. I mean I would align. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean And then there's like there's movies like Breakthrough, which that's like a major studio movie, right? Mm -hmm. That was Fox. Was that the one with the guy that fell in the ice? (laughs) That's the guy who fell in the ice. It was directed by Belana Torres of Star Trek Voyager, (laughs) who has become like a director, which is, you know, good for her. Terrific. But like, and she's someone who, you know, so you're just like, oh, so what happened here? And you look into it and it's like, oh, Belana Torres, uh, Roxanne Dawson, that's her name. You know, she became like whatever a born again christian like and like you know like i i just always wonder what the balance in these creative enterprises is between people who are sort of making these movies for a reason and people who are just like yeah i'll be in a movie you pay me a salary like Mm -hmm. right i'll do it like you know whatever well and caroline and i really care about that and that's why we're proposing today a new uh product which you know because of safety precautions we have to have rapid covid testing on sets now for for it to safely work but now we are proposing a rapid faith test for faith-based movies where you have to answer some quick questions your favorite book of the bible your favorite verse which prop 
prophet. Fallible. Yes. Which of the Beatitudes, which of the commandments. And then then you're allowed to work safely on the set, knowing that you're actually bought (laughs) in to the mission. And we will see you in heaven, you know, post-movie. That's right. That's where the rap party is. <laughs> in this movie, it's Seth Green. Like, I have no, I have no, I think he's Jewish as far it's as It's because it's a Jewish film. Right. This is yeah. like, okay, so we this have to is get like into this. Right. number one in my point that this okay. is a Jewish movie. Okay. Seth Green's well, presence Well, let's slow alone. it down. And I, I just want to read some sort of synopsis that might. Please. Oh. <laughs> Please, I'm very excited for this. I mean, the synopsis, at least on uh, Amazon Prime Video, says twin brothers are unknowingly separated at birth. One of them becomes an iconic rock and roll star while the other struggles to bounce his love for music and pleasing his father. So it's I'm like, going to tell you, there's no synopsis that will prepare you for this For movie. the identical, which by the way, l- listeners, if you do want to watch it, it's for free on YouTube. It's for free on Tubi. And or if you care about 1080p picture, you can pay 3.99 for it on iTunes and rent it like I did. It's a dollar on Amazon Prime. Oh, HD should have so. done that. Just so you know. Okay, wow. okay. <laughs> fucked up on that one, but yes, buddy. And we do yeah. recommend you watch the movie because nothing could describe it. It is indescribable. Ray Liotta, Ashley Judd. Blake, surprise after surprise. Blake Rain. Blake Rain, Seth Blake Green. Rain. Amanda Crew from Silicon Valley fame. The, yes, yes. And Blake Rain was working hard in this film. So it's essentially, it's almost like, um, I don't know what you call it, like not historical fiction, but imagined history fiction in a weird way. Or almost, because this is essentially... Part of Elvis's story, but not actually really at all, because he, because he did have a twin brother that died at birth, right? Right. That so is born. correct. That is yes. part of like the Elvis mythos. So this movie supposes, what if twin lived? And right. but it goes even further because Elvis still exists in this movie's universe. They talk about Elvis. Wait, he did does. This? Wait, no, wait, no, no. Yes. I miss that. That's you guys, ridiculous. This is. So important. Okay, this is <laughs> SNL existing in Studio 60 all over again. Yes, a character says like, well, there's only one, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Drexel. There's only Drexel? one Drexel and there, like, there's only one Elvis. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Drexel is Elvis though. That's so, absurd. That's what the, the thing hell? that's so maddening is he's clearly doing like an Elvis impression this whole movie and it's loosely he- based off of Elvis's life. But and he's, he's not a El- professional Elvis impersonator, like in life. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's Blake his Rain job. In real life, he is. Story, yes. If there was his twin brother lost at birth, could only get a job as his impersonator. So in so this universe, I'm getting ahead. Yeah. In this universe, Elvis lives. He did have a twin brother that passed there away. There are three Elvises. So, <laughs> so, so also there is a a uh, an Elvis lookalike who's not an Elvis lookalike who did have a twin brother who didn't pass away, but the parents did pretend that he passed away for... Yes, re- they fell on very hard times. Why did they pretend that? I, I, I wasn't... They, they- I think because they didn't want their friends to be like, what happened to your son? And then find out that they like gave away one of their twin babies because it is a very insane, bad thing to do. To give away a twin? Yeah. I've said that like, is it... <laughs> It's not great. They don't have a, I mean, they they are on hard times, but like, 
they're just doing it for funsies, right? It's like, well, it's you'll crazy. be a good dad to him, right? It's like, crazy. Is, is the whole thing. Well, yes. here's the thing, too, is like the so the pastor, Ray Liotta and Ashley Judd, they can't have children, which he announces very publicly at the tent revival yeah, ceremony. Yeah, he shames his wife really in front of up. the congregation. She's says, sobbing. <laughs> and so uh, the El- <laughs> Drexel's future dad sees that and he's like, oh, here's a couple that clearly needs a child. Like, maybe we'll be both serving God by giving one of our children <laughs> or no giving both of our children and she's like I can't do that and he's like well how about we do one <laughs> he like negotiates with her but the worst part to me is that this pastor and his wife come with a clear conscience and take one baby from this family oh they're good clearly yeah. they could either afford to take both or could afford to like just give money to this family so that they can keep their children together. They're and identical live as a twin children. Yes, you know, yes. <laughs> you would think. So, it's it's madness. It's madness already. It right should have been like an act, like some car accident, and one of the kids like flies out the window and he lands somewhere, and, and, and they like right, lose they pick him, him, David. Up. They can't <laughs> like he flies into another county where they're not allowed to pick up their son. Yeah, they're they're both like it's so they're both evil options that like the pastor would take that and the parents would also right after having the kids, you know, they don't even give it a good college try to see if they can keep this family together. He is ready to drop a baby now, yesterday. It's you know? such a walk. It's such a walk to get to the place of there are I, separated identical twins. Uh, and they have to do it quickly because there's not like, you know, like they don't, there's they don't spend. There's a lot spend... of story left to tell. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> and Ray Liotta is like Paul Dano-esque reverend like swinging oh, for the fence honey, every I mean, time it it's is so fun do you have a clip of that kevin no i don't have any clips for this I you could, don't have any clips no ray Liotta, he's a big actor right like you know he he goes for it but it did kind yeah. of feel like that thing of like absolutely nobody telling him no right like because mm-hmm. like he's screaming from entrance like he just <laughs> Yells very loud in his like first line. Like in his first lines, he's like, "Jews and Christians are the same," or whatever. And we're all like, yeah. "Oh my god, yeah. okay." Oh, this is very important. It is a post-racial 1930s. So, <laughs> yes. blacks and whites, Jews and Gentiles, all equal in the eyes of the Lord. All equal in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, this oh, is really wait, wait. Can I can know. I say my thing? Which is yes. one of the first shots is a black and white. <laughs> tracking shot from the perspective of a train and I don't I don't want to be insensitive here but it does show a cotton field and yes. <laughs> I I don't even know how to describe this part I'm going to need some help but like <laughs> there's there's people picking cotton in the cotton field yes of, oh my God. of the race that you would expect for that time period and then there's Amanda Crew uh, Lily White, Amanda Crew, also picking cotton. In the yep, yep, looking, it's, looking very I'm downtrodden because it's so horrifying and also it's unex, it's inexplicable because even you think like, oh, okay, that was weird, but maybe at one point she ends up having to work the cotton fields because they're so hard up. That's not. That's actually not the case uh, at all. The next time you see her, she she is on her deathbed. That's all you need. To <laughs> yes, and she was explicitly told not to work because her husband says having That's a right. job isn't your job; it's my job. I believe yeah, it's, it's he does say yeah. that. 
But all- and it, it's. I mean, I'm cool if like we're remaking history, but they clearly were like kind of playing both in like the way that there wasn't any sort of segregation in any of these spaces that would have been very aggressively, you know, segregated, like dance halls and churches and all these places or whatever. And even just the the way that they tell fake Elvis's origin story, which is that he invented rock and roll after like an incredible black band is clearly singing rock and roll before he gets up on stage uh, and ever does his like little solo. Well, the, you know? this part is important because um, the movie is framed in narration by Jenny, who is uh, <laughs> Drexel or Dexter's uh, love interest and future wife. But she does narrate it a bit like a Civil War letter or something. I'm trying to think yes. of what like, the closest analog. Lots of mama and daddy. Tent revivals were a common occurrence in the rural South in the Depression. People needing healing, prayer, and just some hope in a poor and frightening time. It's very folksy. Yes. It's very, you know, well, some people might tell you the rock and roll was invented over here, but actually, like, you know, like... (laughs) It would do very well in Pennsylvania. She's like, legend says, and it's this man. They say it's born that night. There are many accounts of how, when, and where rock and roll was actually born. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong or anything, but I believe part of that birth happened on this very night in little old Lebanon, Tennessee. Ryan Wade. It's Ryan Wade is the poor Elvis, and Drexel Hemley is the cool Oh, Ryan <laughs> Wade, Elvis. not Dexter. That's Ryan. Right. Ryan. Right. Drexel Ryan, is well, the Dexter big one. is his birth name. Um, but but Ryan Wade. They were Dexter Wade is, and Drexel. Were there? They names? were. They were. There's a later scene oh, where someone's David. like, "Oh yeah, Drexel had a twin, <laughs> died at birth, buried in a shoebox, name a Dexter." Like you know, like there's there's for some reason they went with Drexel oh and Dexter gosh. in 1930 like top, or whatever. You cannot be prepared for all the surprises in this movie. It's interesting too to see. Okay, so it's written by a guy named Howard Klossner who did write the aforementioned God's Not Dead colon a light and darkness. So he wrote the third God's Not Dead. But his filmography is oh. weird. He wrote Space Cowboys, the Clint Eastwood movie from 2000. Oh, yeah. He did. Uh, it's a he, real movie. He, oh, he did write a movie I don't want to watch that is called The Grace Card. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gonna take oh, him. boy. Lou Gossett Jr. Gonna yeah. take a pass at that one. Lou Jr. Oh, boy. Wrote, Tagline, witness the power of forgiveness. It looks like cops are involved. <laughs> oh. Caroline, okay. second service. Blue lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the identical. He did write uh, a GCF classic, Hoovy, uh, which is about a basketball player kid Love that Hoovy. gets like a stroke or something. I don't even remember that movie. And then I also a, a, a movie called The Secret Handshake. Secret Handshake. The Secret Handshake. Men and boys this learn together what it takes to be a man. Oh, man. oh that's with Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. Last Ride, oh. that's also some like fictional uh, histor- historical fiction, but it's about Hank Williams instead of Elvis. Yes, the Elvis, good grief. I cannot believe they had that line in it, Caroline. El- there's yeah. only one Elvis and there's only one... Dra- Again, it's and SNL there's three. Studio There's 60. actually three. <laughs> so, so nuts. And it's such a, it's such a like... This is not a bad premise. It's a kind of interesting, weird, fun premise. If I told you like an exciting filmmaker was doing a movie like this, like where this was the premise. Like if I yeah. said P. 
PTA's next project is Elvis, blah 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 blah, or even Barry Jenkins or what? Like you'd yeah, be like, like, if it was oh. a weird, if it was like a cool surrealist yeah. version on Elvis and like maybe kind of inglorious bastards it a little bit, you know, where it's just like let's lean in and make it crazy. But it basically know? has the beats of a biopic without being a biopic <laughs> at all. It, it's like so. Walk hard in its DNA, down from the fact that everyone's old as shit from the beginning when they're supposed to be like 15 year olds. And yes, he's he's like also only hitting like the worst beats of a rising music star, (laughs) like him getting denied and getting sidelined, and then eventually just deciding to forego music altogether and in favor of something else. Yeah, we can't agree on. Is that Bebop and Baby Slaps? Bebop. Wait, should I play a little clip of that? Because, yes, there were many, many original songs written for the movie, which... We heard this one, I think, five times. I think we were supposed to... I mean, it's it's almost like an 80s karaoke version of, mm-hmm. of what 50 songs sound like. This is Bebop and Baby from Mr. Blake Rain. Hit it. Bebop and baby, you know she can go, go, go. Bebop and baby, shake, rock it and roll. All right, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dawning on me all over. Where it's like, <laughs> and hey. This guy is like, he's like a musical genius, apparently. But his twin brother actually gets super, super, super famous this doing is... the very same music. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> this is... This movie is not prepared to grapple with any of the things you're talking about. This is the whole problem. Like you say, it's a great premise in a weird kind of a way. Like what if Elvis had an identical twin who was (laughs) as gifted as Elvis, but was then because of that forced into being an Elvis impersonator? Like Yes, but let's not spend any time in the 50s or 60s. Let's go ahead and skip to the 70s. Yeah, let's get right to those bloated 70s. I'm telling you, it's walk hard. It's just walk hard. Anyway, It is walk hard. And and they kill Elvis. (laughs) Kevin, everything for you is walk hard. (laughs) Not to spoil the identical, but they big bopper their Elvis. They don't, he doesn't die of drugs. He dies in a plane crash. And when the plane crashes, we should point out that uh, (laughs) what's his name Roe v. Wade. What's his name? Dwayne. Um, Dwayne. No, Ryan Wade. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Ryan Wade. Ryan Wade faints when his uh, identical twin <laughs> brother. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh because they're like a dyad in the force or whatever. Right. He can feel it. <laughs> yeah. They're force timing like Ray and. and he just uh, falls over ben. in the car shop. It's He's incredible. Like, <laughs> but yes. No, you're right. It's like there's so much on the table and then. It's, they don't know what to do with anything. They're like, they don't know what I don't to know. Do. Is like, it a movie about following your dreams? Is it about artistic integrity? Is it, about- is it nature and nurture? You know, because it was like, oh, are the Christian parents going to actually be the ones that spawn like an incredible historic figure? Or is it the right. really, really poor Jewish family? <laughs> and it turns out that the poor Jewish family is actually the one that created a star. And the other ones just created this sort of like loafer genius Damn. who has no work ethic, I guess. Like that seems <laughs> to be part of the story as well. Well, you think he has no work yes. ethic? That's like a well, bulk of the story is like he just sort of <laughs> at some point just lounges around and sort of gives up. Well, after his he's brother good, dies. He's a good mechanic. 
right? Yeah. Like that's sort of one of his that's skills. That's true. Just, he can work. He loves to get into under the in car. Cypher's mechanic shop. Yes, uh, Joey Pant. I mean, this movie includes uh, Joey Pant singing a duet. Uh, with uh, old Dwayne Wade himself as he's wooing the woman who already mm-hmm. has a boyfriend and wearing her down as men do. And, uh, Beach movies. But again, um, they're like already 45 by the time this occurs. <laughs> they're supposed yes. to be children. Right. Ostensibly, yes. which is just so, I I think it's so terrific. The music in this movie. And the music oh in my this, God. Is it? Is it oh good? My God. I say no. I don't City think it is. City lights keep on shining. <laughs> <laughs> That's his it's- original that he's like, I'm going to not be a Drexler wannabe anymore. Here we go. This is City Lights by Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Here we... You're a number one hit of the week. All right. <laughs> so this is the question, right? His He has all of Elvis Drexel's talent, but he wants to do just sort of like slightly softer rock with kind of a... <laughs> Sort of faith yeah. edge, right? Literally like, just like adult contemporary extreme. Yeah. You're so right. right. Yeah. And they're like, like, don't do any of that. Like, you got to play the hits. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so it's, funny. I know because it is marginally different. Like, they didn't even go through the trouble musically of differentiating the genre of like, I want to do jazz or something like that. <laughs> country. <laughs> any, no. Yeah. Or country. Country would have been interesting, but they're like, Mm-hmm. I just want to do like a softer, and it starts to get like <laughs> city lights. <laughs> it, it does get to like, yeah, it's so marginal. But also, they start as the as the time periods progress, they start putting like synths in it, or even at one point, one of yeah. the MCs says, "Hey, we're here to rock you like a hurricane." I'm like, it's 1967 right now. Uh huh. So there's uh-huh. a lot of um, timeline discrepancies. Yes, oh. and hair and makeup gets increasingly layered. I'll say that the beard was uh, as good <laughs> or slightly worse than some of my high school the theater wet, beards. The curly yes. wig, incredible, yeah, incredible jackets. stuff. One of the other themes <laughs> is uh, this idea of like the path and who you're supposed to be. You're mm-hmm. calling, you're calling Ray Liotta's preacher character, who was the most reliable uh, source of joy for me in the movie. It's just him going. Oh, <laughs> Seth Green was the most reliable source of joy <laughs> yeah. for me personally. Um, he he's he's so fixated on this idea of vocation and of calling for his son for for Wade, and he's like, "There's there's something you need to be," and it's only at the end after he has the heart attack and after all the truth is out there that he realizes, like, "Oh, okay, no, your calling is music." But I wasn't even right. sure. Now, I think maybe now would be a good time to try to unpack some of the uh, Jewish stuff in the movie. Please. No, so wait. Okay. No, I, I need to double check this. It, yeah. Does Elvis have any Jewish heritage? Like, is they are they going Ooh, off of something? That's a good question. I, I was under the impression that he had a little bit, maybe. But I might be uh, apparently Let's pull up that Wikipedia. Apparently his maternal great-great-grandmother was Jewish, which... You know, by rules, I guess you, you then you're Jewish, right? Like it just works right. that way, like because it goes through the mom. So like you're Jewish, you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Like you, if you, as long as you're, it's on the maternal side. But um, I don't think he's really, you know. 
No, he's, he's not a, he's, culturally he's, any sort of factor. He's no CJ no. like David Sims. I'll say that much. We know that. No, for sure. he's not. Uh, I mean, apparently, he gave some money to Jewish charities in Memphis. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, I think that's a bridge into Ray Liotta's militantly pro-Israel <laughs> sermon that he gives. And it gets such a big beat in the movie. I can't. It was so emphasized. It, it is, it I believe, a sermon such... praying for victory in like the Yom Kippur War or some yep. like, you know, a Israeli six 60s war. or 70s war. It's, yes. It is astonishingly disconnected from anything else in the movie. Like, it has no relevance. Except for, I guess, they're trying to set up that, like, his twin is Jewish. Like, that they're they're kind of, like, linked. And then a moment later, it's like, and then Daddy said Israel won the war. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, like, moving on. I found found the, let's see if we can... They just show, yeah, the Israel War in 1967. Cut to the church. What does that have to do with the Christian church in the state of Tennessee? Everything. Everything. It has to do with everything. We are commanded by the word of God. Everyone's just stoned. Like, no is this a sermon? Our prayers. For who? The menorah. Today for he, Israel. Right, there's, this is the menorah, right, where he points to Our the menorah. precious Lord and Savior was himself a Jew. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, all right, we man, <laughs> we know. We must love what God loves. And God loves his chosen people. <laughs> oh, my God. It's also, okay, so we also have to just mention yeah. that he's got the menorah. <laughs> So you've got this guy, well, I already forgot his name, uh, Blake Rain, playing both both twins. Yeah. He looks yes. like Elvis Presley. Yeah. Like he's got yes. kind of like, he's got a bit of maybe a tan or something, like he's maybe been like, you know, a spray tanned or something, you know. So he's got kind of like a swarthy look and he's got like big pompadour type pompadour, hair, except yeah. sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes his hair is down uh-huh. and then he just looks like a weirdo. <laughs> he looks like kind of like a big baby. And in that scene, okay, there he is. He looks like Slash. <laughs> That's right. And so you've you got this Elvis's scene. Elvis's long hair phase? <laughs> Ray, Ray Liotta, who is like made up to look like George Wallace, like he's got horn rimmed glasses and like gray hair. And he's shrieking about it's the six day war, not the Yom Kippur. He's shrieking about the six day war and pointing at a menorah, which like it would have been like the summertime. Like it's not Hanukkah, but he's like lit the whole menorah. And I think it's like the only thing he knows that's Jewish. He's like, look right. at the support. It's like <laughs> relatively minor symbol of Judaism, but yeah. And then you're cutting occasionally to just Elvis, essentially, yes. with like, you know, no, like with his hair combed down, just kind of looking on blankly and going like, uh huh, uh huh. And you're like, what is this about? It's so weird. I, I, yes, I truly. Eight candles of the Hanukkah menorah. <laughs> God's the people Hanukkah menorah. Need that Hanukkah miracle again. <laughs> His wife's like not fully <laughs> on board. <laughs> like he's yeah, yeah. Ashley Judd is. She, you know, I feel like she has that look of like she's like, 
I just wonder, but like, like there's just something tolerating. crossing her eyes where she's like, I was a fucking movie star. Like I, I opened on Double the top Jeopardy. Of my game. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh man. Oh my god. Now I'm doing uh, this and Twin Peaks: The Return. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, do you think it's like it maybe a guilt he feels knowing that his son is Jewish, you know, but he can't tell him, but he still wants to express his support <laughs> of okay. his son's that racial is about, history? That's about the best. That's about the best read I could find. And even I could if that we makes don't sense. know that we ourselves are <laughs> Jewish, we should love him because maybe we are. I also appreciate him. Yes. He's first going on about like black people and white people are the same, you know, all God's children. Like that's his original interest. But then he kind of shifts over to our Jewish friends. Like that's his thing when he's older. Yeah. He gets progressively woker and progressively older with every scene. He is wearing a different wig. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The hair and makeup were working over time. It, I, I mean, the best the best explanation I have, too, is just, like, there's some weird evangelical Christian fixation with Israel, with, like, the nation of Israel yes. and revelation and end times and, like, supporting that nation and installing the country and all and that kind of, like, Zionist movement. And the writer had no choice but to make sure to send that point across in this movie. <laughs> it, it seems like a bugbear for him. Like, it seems like something he yes. is interested in. I he don't know if to, that's yeah. true, but yeah, he, yeah. His his deal was conditional of like, no, I don't want points. I don't want even a higher salary. I just want a final cut <laughs> on this scene. the six-day war. On this specific scene. <laughs> the six-day war. And then, and then uh, Wade finds out later in the movie that he has Jewish heritage and he visits yeah. his... I don't think we find out until the end of the movie, really, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't mention it until his mom dies. Yeah, right? it comes in late. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, you because have, like yeah. the shot of the gravestone with the the cross interlaid mm-hmm. with a star of David and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is just Powerful catnip stuff. to a certain kind of uh, Christian stuff. woman to see. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Wait, is yes. it the is it the little person that in the bar that tells him like actually? Yes. Drexel was Jewish. Yes. And he's like, what? Yes. That's right. That's right. right. Da- Danny Woodburn, who I feel like yeah. people yeah. would mostly know, like he's like a comedian and stuff. But yes, he has this one scene where he's like, he's wearing crazy clothes. He's got like, well, he's a you know, yeah, uh-huh. right. And, and, and he's just there to be like, anyway, the deal with Drexel is he's Jewish. But he also <laughs> never met. He also says, <laughs> he also says, Drexel, um, you know, I I waited on him in a hotel one time, and he was actually the first average-sized person to treat me like a human. I was pouring drinks at his hotel once. He stopped and talked to me. Treated me like a real human being, like he cared what I had to say. First average-sized person ever did that. Changed my life. Which, on, on one side is like oh that's touching it shows humanity and then but my first thought was he was the first like there was Jesus. like no, no cashier no wait staff that like ever addressed him like yeah it's a different time kevin it was a I different time so. back then i guess so yeah discrimination against uh, little people still existed even if none existed against uh african-americans yeah I mean, here's the thing about this movie wow. that yeah. 
I think I did not realize going in. I think going in, I thought it would be more of a Prince and the Pauper thing where it's like yes. tracking both of them. A Freaky them. Friday like, even. Yeah. Or that right. you would die Big Bopper son. He'd have to take over his career. Yes. Or something yes, like that. Like a Dave scenario. Right. Yes. 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 And instead, he's, it's just about this guy, Ryan Wade, and his, his weird Israel-obsessed dad and like his best <laughs> bud, Seth Green, who loves to play the drums. And he scoops and, and 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 right and he invents he's rock drinking. and roll one time because he's at like <laughs> a like he's at a show and the the band invites him up like anyway. Mm-hmm. But so right so we never see really the Drexel Hemsley character at all <laughs> except for like there's the scene where like he he's secretly there at the talent show and he like stands up and starts applauding like he's this yes. weird mythic yeah. It's yeah, baby. so weird. And like they all know, like, oh yeah, our friend looks like Drexel. Like we've been hearing it his whole life. And here he already okay. looks full slash. Like this is not Elvis. His at styling all is anymore. so aggressive. All right. Yes. My my wife and I talked about this. Like, what would you do if you looked exactly <laughs> like a really famous person? Right? Like exactly like them. Uh-huh. Would you do what Ryan Wade does, which is just like, huh, well, I guess that's weird. What am I going to do about it? Or would you like try and solve the mystery? Oh, solve the mystery. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, right. it depends on who right. the who the famous person is. If I look oh, like... Oh, yeah. If you want to be a part of their life. If I look exactly like Timothee Chalamet, okay, I'd like to solve that mystery. <laughs> I'll if find I, that out. If I look right. exactly like Harvey Weinstein, I may want to keep that mystery mm. unsolved. <laughs> But it, yeah, and it's not just he looks like him. It's the it's the talent that they share too. Like they both have Very the exact strange. same singing voice, which also I think yeah, I think I would try to find it out. Like if we're both so similar, and also my parents are kind of dodgy about my origin, and weirdly, and then, and then Drexler with knew Drexel. Sorry, not Drexler. I keep saying that Drexel <laughs> knew that he had a long lost brother. He did. Yes, he knew before the other guy did. And I think he even knew it at the talent show, but still no one will tell him. Man, this is sad. Like he was literally the last. It's so dark. It's really dark. I think the thing about this movie that I just couldn't really (laughs) accept is the fundamental thing where like anytime either of them, they have the same voice and it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just a very solid Elvis impression. (laughs) Right. So, like, they, it, you can't even think about, like, oh, they sound the same. Because what you're thinking is, oh, they both sound like Elvis. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't yeah. make the leap uh, to trying to cut Elvis out of it. Again, because, yeah, like, if it was, like, even mapped over Elvis's life, but a, a different kind of voice or a different kind of genre, you'd be like, oh, okay, I understand. But the, the, and the, th- the thing that complicates it, too, for me, David, is after yes. the competition... I think either like the the slimy manager or someone comes up to Wade and says, wow, I've never seen anything like that. One of a kind, which I think the whole premise of the contest is, no, you, you have seen something like it. Uh, it's supposed to be like something you've seen, actually. Yes, there is Bananas. this slimy manager. Build a whole career on that, yeah. Right, the oh, slimy man. manager character who at one point there's that montage where he's like money is like falling on him because he's yes. making so much money yeah, from baby. Ryan Wade doing state fairs as a Drexel Hemsley impersonator. <laughs> big business. State honestly. fair circuit. You clean Huge, that big shit. money in uh, that. Yeah. 
but right but he like anytime ryan is like well maybe i'll do one of my own songs he's like i'll i'll kill you by the river if you we'll end you. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, like, truly. Who gives a shit? Let him do one of his songs. Well, who and there, there's a weird he's meta thing too. He's scared of him. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, the the thing I kept thinking during this is like, especially during that one scene we're thinking of, where the manager's like, "No, you're gonna be the identical, the titular identical. You're gonna be that. I didn't work this hard. Blah 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 blah." And then Wade's like, "Well, I got I got songs well, of my own. And it's not about the money." What was that anyway? For mine, it's an original. Oh, an original. Cool. I want to work it into one of our sets. Forget it. Forget that? That's right, forget it. These people are paying to hear Drexel the Dream, not Ryan the Dream. And I'm just thinking of this man, Blake Rain, that which is not even his real name, it's his stage name, to be an Elvis impersonator, sure. playing <laughs> Wade, who's <laughs> playing Elvis. <laughs> it's so weird. There's just so many layers of shame. There's another Elvis lookalike. <laughs> there's so many layers of like shame that that human being must felt when he had to say the lines. Well, actually, I got some songs of my own. <laughs> it's and the song is City Lights Keep On Shining. <laughs> this is what he is dismantling his career over. He's ruining that poor manager's life so that he can sing that City song. Lights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the thing. That's a, you know, and that's something, uh, even with as, as uh, the more distance we get from it, you do respect about uh, Shallow and A Star is Born is that the song in real life, as you hear it as an audience member, serves the function that it does it's in the incredible. movie of like this whoa yes. moment. Right. Showstopper. <laughs> but then it compares a lot. Really <laughs> loud. Uh, it's such a little web i'm sorry i feel like i sound like an insane person (laughs) i love this makes me laugh so hard it's so fun to talk about this with you guys oh man so excited i'm reading an interview with him right now like it's just wild to think about like they you know they made the i would say bold choice for their star role to go impersonator first and then we'll teach him how to act you know what i mean versus like mm. let's get an actor and we'll make him look like elvis oh is he a Which, real life impersonator yes he is caroline oh, that's what i was guys. saying oh my god this is this gets better that's why i'm saying oh the shame when he's like i got songs of my own <laughs> oh my god i didn't even and know that oh I, you know, i'm reading this oh. interview where someone asks like so <laughs> isn't he elvis like you're playing an elvis type and he's like, well, in the 50s, I'm styled like Elvis. But in the 60s, we kind of tried to style me like Slash. the Beatles. In the 70s, we were trying to go oh, for Jim Morrison. Like an amalgamation. And I'm like, okay. I, I wasn't picking up a lot of Jim Morrison from your 70s no. output in this movie. Wait, oh wait. You're God. saying, David, that the following doesn't scream uh, a Jim Morrison to you? I mean, here's the thing I'll say. He said Ooh. everyone was really nice to him, like Ashley Judd, uh, Ray Liotta, Joe, Joey Pants. So that's nice. Okay. Um, no no jerks. No jerks allowed. Oh, my God. Uh, very. He said the set was very positive. So that's great. Great. 
But yeah, um, Pride so, is better yeah, to lip sync than sing authentically and not be. You can't act. They sync, hired I guess, an Elvis impersonator to lead this movie. Caroline, you're just putting this Kevin, together. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh man! And then I mean, you add the element too of Elvis was doing an impersonation of what? Otis Blackwell. Yeah. So it's it is actually. A genius movie. Yeah, it's a genius movie. Yes, I, Wait, I think that's what we're trying to say. It's a genius Jewish film. <laughs> Man, um, it is a, right, and it is. We're we're just we've decided it's a Jewish work. It is Seth Jewish Green work. is the yes. he's the little hat tip to that. He yes. Also, he didn't notice early then. Yeah, Seth Green when he starts this movie. Is supposed to be like a teenager, like 18, 19. He is 42 right. uh, in the year that this movie comes out. <laughs> and he's small, so he looks young for oh a long time, I think. Yes. But he, is. he doesn't he look 42. I no. would say, like, you no. could you could tell me he's in his 30s, yeah. you know? that that Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give that to Seth he Green. He also has a hair journey as well in this film. Seth, Seth Green is one of those guys, too. Just any of these voice actor people, and I guess you think about it more with like the the family guy people more so than you do the Simpsons cuz the Simpsons guys don't really do anything other than that show but when family guy people do other projects and especially projects that aren't like prestigious in nature like if it's not Mila Kunis like headlining an, an actual big movie it does make you wonder what's actually going like Seth Green is not strapped right like he didn't do this movie cuz he is like a Ray Liotta and an Ashley Judd where it's like just keep working got to keep working it's right. like he has consistent income for the rest of his life. He has robot chicken and family guy. So what is the mm-hmm. incentive? That's what totally baffled me. Right. He's got Elvis all this fan? money. What's that? Yeah, I mean, Elvis fan? I don't know. I maybe I, he's an a, enthusiast. What if he's a Blake Rain fan? Hmm? Ooh, what's <laughs> okay. the difference? I thought Seth Green was actually like the best actor. Or the best performance in the movie. I mean, he's kind of just being himself, I think. But he genuinely, like, he seemed fun and, like, a good buddy. And they, like, they actually vibed really well together. (laughs) I thought every time he came on, I, like, could relax a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, Seth Green, like, doing his thing. It was great. Now, I mean, you're saying you didn't enjoy the multiple close-ups of Ashley Judd's face bawling with tears. uh, That poor woman. Most of the scene. She deserves so much better. Working with an Elvis impersonator. I have to give best in show to Joey Pants just because those scenes also don't have anything to do with anything like he plays a friendly Jewish Brooklyn car mechanic that employs uh, uh, Ryan. I keep forgetting all their names. But like, I don't know. I was kind of into those scenes. He's very friendly. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's taken this whole episode for me to get the courage to admit that I don't know who Joey Pants is. Joey Pantaleano okay. from The Sopranos. Like from The Matrix. a lot more joy to my situation. From The Mechanic. Okay. He's The Mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, kind he of one of the... Like, he's a classic one of those guys. You know, like okay. he's been in a billion things. Yeah. He was in Baby he Stay Out. famous in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, also, but he, wait, here's my question too about the Jewish identity. Because Wade wears the necklace... The what what's that what's that mm-hmm. necklace called again, with the symbol on it? I wrote it down as oh, ch- uh, oh. ch- chai, but it's not pronounced like that. It's pronounced something else. The Jewish ne- we know what I'm talking about though, right? Like that. Yes. Sim- I mean, yeah. That yes. symbol that like. So if he didn't know he was Jewish, why was he wearing? How did it? he get that necklace? I don't think I ever saw that. You know. 
He was wearing it in the bar and Drexel wore it all the time. You're such a, that's such a good point. Yeah, he had no idea that he was even adopted. <laughs> so he was Guys, just like a from fan? From Christian parents. Maybe he's, yeah, <laughs> he's just like, he liked the look of it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right, that's what it is. He was secretly, <laughs> or whatever, he was subconsciously drawn to his Jewishness. Yeah. When he was at a jewelry store one time, something like that, maybe like, yeah, there are a lot of like magnetic forces in this film, you know, like him and right there, baby, Drexel keep ending up near each other and he keeps being pulled into rock music no matter how hard he tries and getting pulled into the Jewish faith. Yes. Yeah. So maybe he's just drawn to this necklace as sort of just like a magical thing. So real quick, do we want to go like kind of round Robin and just do quick uh, takes on Israel stuff? Oh, yeah, it's just sort of like yeah, how yeah. to solve it. Yeah, or just yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and God. And if that's uncomfortable, we don't have to do that. I'm, I'm trying to look at any I other notes yeah, I had I for the rest him. of the... Uh, I know, I'm oh, skimming Oh, wait, here's, here, here's, here's my question. The last line, uh, the last line that Jenny uh, narrates for us is, I guess it's true. If he is in our dreams, no one can stand against them. I guess it's true. If he is in our dreams, no one can stand against them. <laughs> I guess if it's God true. Is in our dreams? If he is in our dreams, no is one can stand against them. Against I think it is because yeah. I watched with subtitles on and he was capitalized. So I believe it's he, God. So <sighs> I guess it's true. If he is the in our point of this Christian movie is to believe in yourself, that has never been I... a Christian movie thing, which brings me back to the reason that this is a Jewish <laughs> film. That's never ever been the Kala. point of a Christian movie to follow your dreams. Like no way. But but no, it's saying as long as God oh, is in calling. your dreams. Because maybe you have mm-hmm. dreams that God's not in, in which case yeah. people can't stand against them. But if God is in your dreams, no one can stand against them. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like it will. It will happen no matter mm-hmm. how hard you try to. But stop the, it. I believe this is also, I believe, the tagline of the movie. If oh, he is okay. in our dreams, no one can stand it. The grammar. It, it Car- looks like it's on the, the grammar poster. Is, is yes. a nightmare. It's like here comes Christmas them? for me. It really yeah. is. <laughs> if, in, like on, is them on, dreams or uh, the people who have dreams? On Yikes. the poster, he is capitalized. So it's if he mm-hmm. is in your dreams, Hell something yeah. can stand against them. I so, love that. No. That's uh-huh. so good. I they did go for a more, uh, like, whatever, not non-religious poster. Identical twins, two worlds, one destiny. That's the other tagline they, they tried out there. Two, uh, two separate destinies. Destiny. One of them died. Uh, <laughs> one of them's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing that he just dies in a in a plane crash of all. In a plane crash filmed like this. I'm shaking my (laughs) laptop right now. And that was the extent of the practicals on that. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about before we rate this film? This is what a Um, a fun ride. Good grief. Ray Liotta cries so hard at one point. I I just wrote down that he wails and I can't even remember what he. Oh, I can. Let let me find it. This is going to be worth playing. This is this is for the listeners. It was like I hope Kevin pulls it. It is incredible stuff. And again, uh, the award for the most acting goes to. Here we go. He just wants. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. 
He looks like a pumpkin. Like his mouth looks so weird. Oh boy. And then we transition to the stars. Wow. Mm. City of lights keep on shining. That's kind of what that's implying right there. New drop, <laughs> new drop. He's like imploding. <laughs> yeah, like his heart exploded. Oh my god! Wait, I I also just remember, I just remembered when Wade meets his real dad, who is now like all blinged out and has like long hair and yep. cool sunglasses, and he's just like looking in the distance, talking about life or something. Not not Joe Biden, you know what I mean? That should not be the way we end the episode. I'm so sorry, but I just couldn't. I couldn't forget that either that he like met both of his parents yeah. and still didn't know that they were his yes. parents or have any of that closure yeah oh my god well he did at the end wow man oh, oh. 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 excuse me excuse me what a, what a wonderful sound. and it's so funny to think like then this gentleman would be in Marriage Story a few short years later and stars in mm-hmm. Goodfellas and is a, a good... He's a great actor. He's a great when he actor. he wants right. to be. Yeah. Yes, when he wants to be. I, he just strikes me as one of those guys who like it's will happily just dial it to a million if no one's not gonna like if no one's gonna talk to Nicholas him about Cage, it. You know what I mean? It feels like, yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. like, let's do this for fun. Let's go. Not a snob, I guess, too, in that respect. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, let's give this our ratings. The way this works, David, is we give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast, that's a thumbs up. That's when we send it all the way to heaven and we say, yeah, 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 yeah. Holy roast is when it's thumbs down. We send it to hell and we say, no, 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 no. Or if we're not sure, we can send it to purgatory, which is the space between. <laughs> and we'll start with Caroline as usual. Um, crazy, but I I feel like I have no choice but to toast just because like this, this movie is, is like a bad movie, which is fun to make fun of, but it was, it was surprising and that's what I didn't expect to have. And every turn I couldn't predict what was going to happen. And like we said, so many performances that were really outstanding and really, you could hear it from the back row of the theater. And so a lot of fun. If you're looking for this sort of situation where you do want to watch something that's a little bit of not a great, not an Oscar winner, um, then you want to have a good time, I'd watch this film. So toast. I mean, a movie that is undeniably surprising. Yes. For sure. Yes. All right. We turn it to David. What say you? I mean, it's a thumbs up. I already forgot. Is it roast? I forgot what the well, negative. Roast toast you roast in hell, David, right. and you toast with I the angels in heaven. It. Okay. I feel bad because like you guys say, it is, but like. I was so annoyed at how often boring and sort of like how much I was zoning out, like how dull this movie is, despite how. Oh, I was on my phone the whole time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, (laughs) like, and I was like, just sort of ready for like wild and wacky. And then there are those moments where you're like, wait, you're trying to sort of puzzle it out, but by and large, it's boring, which which I is is a greater offense to me. Mm. So I, I, I I have to roast it. I feel a little bad, but. Because, you know, Joey Pants and 
you know they they they're there for Israel. Like you know, you got to give it up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. roasting this movie. movie that's explicitly pro-Israel. I guess that does say something interesting. Okay, God. well, listeners, do with that whatever. I do not want to stake out any okay. ideological ground on this podcast. On that. the betrayal. Wow, oh, man. <laughs> it, it was cultural. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I will myself give it uh, a space between because I I agree with David and I agree with Caroline. I think this movie is boring as hell in parts but also i could see with the right group the ride is good the ride is yeah or maybe it's just more fun to listen to like this podcast about it than the experience of watching it yeah because i think all the delight is in the debrief The, the music they played it so often that it generally does get stuck in your head like i will remember Bebop and Baby and City Lights for the rest of my life. Do you want to be buried to that? Do you want to be buried to Which City Lights? Which is amazing. Lights? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, I already had my wedding. Yeah. Awesome. So this is the next big event. I, <laughs> I already, it would have been your first dance or you would have walked down the aisle. It would have been what I walked down <laughs> okay, to. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. City Lights keep on shit. This is a little bouquet. He didn't live in a city. He lives in a town. Oh man! His big city, is but a that's hater. the thing. It's dreaming. It's dreaming of the places beyond. His dreams. Of course. dreams. God is in the dreams. No one can stand against them. If he is in them, no one can stand <laughs> against them. <laughs> All right, uh, we're not the final word. You're the final word, listener. Go to at Christian Fun Pod. You can give it a roast or a toast yourself. So get out there and Pokemon, go to the polls. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. It me. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Do I need a new drop? Has it has our has too much stuff already happened? Wait, why haven't you put in? Um, didn't he say to shut up in the debates? That's a good bye. Yeah, but I would have to put in he who must not be named because he was interrupting him, and I don't want to oh, play. Oh, he's talking over it. I don't want to play no, audio. It's not a of clean. That. It's yeah. not a clean up clip. That's too bad. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately. <clears throat> okay. Now it's time to bring it down. Dim the lights. We're lighting the candles here, David. We're turning into a more worshipful space. And we're not here to promote ourselves or plug our projects. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. And by that, I mean to say what our social media handles are, where people can find us, and maybe something we've enjoyed in the secular culture. And we'll start, as usual, with Caroline. I'm so excited to do my lift up this week. Oh. Um... Because I'm going to offer our listeners feasts for the eyes. Um, the first one is The Gardener, a documentary on Amazon Prime about uh, an overly wealthy Canadian man who started his own garden. And it's beautiful. It's just so stunning. <laughs> he invested so much in it. And I felt so good like for that whole hour and a half or whatever. So if that's something you would like, I highly recommend that. Another thing that's going to make you feel incredible is the Savage Fenty show, also on Amazon Prime. Okay. You can't you can't miss it. I, it's just my jaw was on the floor. Miguel is in it. Rihanna is in it. It's just amazing. The dance is so good. So uh, I, I really hope you all watch that and get to feel yourself. Hey, feel yourself. Thanks, Caroline. We turn it to David. David. I mean the. Th- you guys got to check out, it's on Netflix, uh, Dick Johnson is Dead, which is not a, uh, a piece of, you know, uh, Christian pop culture, fit, but it is about <laughs> Not interested death. then. <laughs> oh, okay, it is. It We're is obsessed a- with that, yes. <laughs> and it is about a devout man. His devoutness is not exactly like 
It's a docu. If you guys don't know, it's a documentary by Kirsten Johnson about her dad and where she sort of like a mad sort of like imagines his death in various ways that he like gleefully participates in. But it's sort of like about her trying to reckon with the fact that he's getting old. Um, and he's a like a, a sort of devout Seventh Day Adventist, and she's clearly like not. And, and like it's it, it, there's just a lot of stuff at play in it that's like sort of below the surface, but is very sweet and tender and like complicated and it's very very good it's on netflix it's very uh it's like 90 minutes easy watch very strange movie highly recommend it hell yeah thanks david uh you can lift me up at kevin t porter everywhere i'll lift up search party i freaking finally finished season three of that hey and which was shot like half a decade ago, I think. Uh, props yep. to them for <laughs> sitting on that I, so long. I believe they have a fourth season in the can. Yeah, I they already shot the it. They shot it pre, yeah, right. like right pre-COVID, so that'll come out at some point. And you don't have to uh, be worried about that. And listen, Jade Smith Cameron plays a sexual harasser on that show, so you gotta watch it. <laughs> Kevin Core. That's Kevin Core, unfortunately. And that's Kevin Core. We should start building the book for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Second service. All right. Uh, you can lift us up on at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash good Christian Fun for more good Christian fun. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you want to, but every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is the same as last month's charity, which is Glitz. Uh, <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining us. On the show, friend. Thank what you, a fun David. time. This was so fun to this talk. Was Thank a you blast. for sitting through the identical for us. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed every Thoughts. every minute of those 104 <laughs> minutes. And it was great hearing your experience of like growing up culturally Jewish in America start to finish your whole childhood in the United <laughs> oh, States. Oh boy, now you do the bit? <laughs> and there's nothing left to say except for in all of Pod's people said, amen. Okay, there's really no other song that we could not except for Hope y'all like to rock City lights do keep on shining And there's background set Like that's powerful Alright we'll see you next week Goodbye That was a HeadGum Podcast